0: Last week on Into the Dead.
1: I can't wait till Bianca tells me she's from Minnesota, too.
2: (laughs) I feel like Dr. Kyle definitely sounds good. It fits. Yeah. Fierce.
1: Ooh,
3: that was a good one.
1: That's an awesome word. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm trying to think of myself
3: as an 18 year old young woman, which is challenging. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Thanks
2: Thanks for having us.
0: us. (laughs) Whoa.
3: Coogs will take a break now from UMAC action, or shall I say UMAC action?
0: I would copyright that. How about that? It's time to get back into the den.
3: We're back and better than ever.
0: A weekly podcast dedicated to covering the student-athletes, coaches, and teams of the University of Minnesota Morris Cougars. Into the Den has no off-season. And now, the den is open again. Let's go deep into the den. We've got something special going on here. With your co-hosts, Tim Grove and Matt Johnson.
3: Yes, we are back and better than ever. And I think we are ready to talk some more you UM action, are we not? Oh, that is arguably one of the top five words I've ever heard in my life. So there we yes. Go? There you go. Yeah, welcome back. We are at episode six. Um, the fall is just flying by. We are uh, starting to, not quite yet, but starting to uh, kind of wrap up some of the fall stuff and look forward to winter season. Um, basketball practices have gotten underway, swimming is underway, so there's things going on, changing in the seasons, and that's always exciting, um, since I am also a, I, I do do more than podcast, by the way, um, women's basketball coach here on campus. Oh, yeah, you, I've heard about that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So uh, that's also very exciting. We've got the season underway, and uh, we'll talk certainly more hoops today with our special guest. Uh, we do have, by the way, um, doing something a little bit different today, and that is we're going to do an alumni spotlight and we've welcomed in a uh, former Coog and current Coog, I guess for that matter, Taylor Holloman. Um, Taylor, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me, guys. I've been kind of waiting a while for this invite,
2: and uh, great to be
3: here well, with Mr. Been a Cougar. little bit,
2: a little, little nervous to bring him into the shop,
1: given the fact that he's an experienced podcaster. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> want it to shine, or overshine any of our light.
3: Well, you're right. And and the way I plan to look at this today is how much can I learn from oh, the yes. man you know that's kind of the angle I'm taking I I don't want to look at this as him coming to replace us but what can I learn what can we learn from this guy as an experienced potter
1: well Tay's just got
3: so much to offer you know so I'm gonna sit back and glean today yes sir yeah so anyway Taylor welcome in it's great to uh to have you um and like I say we're looking at this as a as an alumni spotlight day with with T and we're going to talk about his time here at UMM and um and kind of what's gotten him to this point and then talk a little basketball and then of course as we always do we'll We'll have a little fun. I hope so. Yeah. So um, yeah, Tay, like I say, thanks for being here. Uh, it's great to have you in. Let's go back. You you grew up in Hancock. And for those of you that may not know, Hancock is just down the road, eight, nine, ten miles. And so what was it for you and in, in your decision to come to UMM? What uh what was that like for you?
2: Yeah, for sure. So like you're saying, being nine miles away and, and all that, my mom actually worked here her whole life basically. And uh, my older brother actually played football here, so I was very familiar with campus and basically grew up around campus the whole time. And then I just remember kind of the recruiting process. I kind of had an idea the whole time I wanted to go here, but you're like, oh, I got to go check out other colleges. I remember going to Crookston on a, on a visit and then Valley City, and we just like kept driving and driving north, it felt like. And then <laughs> kind of on the way home, I think my dad asked me, like what are we doing? And I'm just like, he's like, I know where you want to go. You know where you want to go. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And then um, Matt right here actually was, I think, the main recruiter for me for football. Boom. Uh, Boom. Shout out to him. And we just had probably every other week, maybe a phone call and just had a good relationship and um, it was kind of there. And then also I kind of wanted to try basketball as well. So I did both sports, uh, football and basketball here my first year. So I think just that and just being close to home was big for me.
3: And I think that's where I want to go next. You mentioned being close to home. And that's something that we as recruiters hear all the time when we're recruiting people within, I don't know, you could say X amount of of miles or 30 miles, 40 miles from campus is they talk about, well, I want to get away from home. Uh, Morris, yeah, I I would love it, but it's too close to home. Since you're someone that has lived that, you were someone that stayed close to home and had that experience. What are you able to talk about now with recruits when they might say that?
2: Yeah, it can be as close or as far away as you want. That's the nice thing. Like My freshman year, I was home a ton, just just being honest with you. I didn't like the, the dorm setup. I had an awful roommate in the name of Tyler Alcoberg. Shout out, Tyler. <laughs> yep. he, <was> actually, <laughs> he is actually a great roommate. I was roommate. wondering where this was going, <laughs> yeah. and now I know. Yeah, way to go, Lux. Yeah, he was a great roommate, but I just liked my own room and sleep in my own bed, so I wasn't really much there freshman year. But then I got friends on the football team, baseball team and got a house and with them and just basically was there ever since. So, um, that was fun. And then just like you say, go home for a meal when you want, or cousins playing a basketball game, go there. Or like you're saying, I can go three weeks without going home or talking to them. And then at, uh, home football games, I think I had like 30 people at every home game, which was just awesome. After a big win, you come there and there's 30 people greeting you after the game where if i went to valley city not nothing against valley city but i think my parents are there and probably about it yeah yeah and the other thing about going back home to hancock
1: you were like a like a 12 time award winner in every sport so i mean it's like royalty walking into the gymnasium when you're going back in there
2: yeah i guess so not many wins under my belt but uh some <laughs> some records there for sure so it was it was fun to go back yep Talk to you. You mentioned a little bit about the dual sport thing. What, what was
1: that process like? In, and I mean, I knew the football piece of it. But I mean, as you're exploring colleges and trying to decide, hey, where's my fit? Is it football? Is it basketball? Is it whatever else? What was that process like for for you and ultimately ending up here at Morris?
2: Yeah, I, I love both sports and um, basketball is by far my favorite sport. But I kind of want to explore something about being on a football team. It um, didn't have much success when I was in high school and just have that winning feeling because in a football game, you play dang near 40 people if you're lucky. Like you look at the Cougs on Saturday, they played a ton of guys and just that, that brother mentality of playing together. And then, um, yeah, just doing both in college, was it was tough for sure. Like you have to be a good student if you're going to try doing that because there's that overlap for about a month and a half where um, I remember going to basketball for 45 minutes and then running into the locker room, changed into my gear and making sure I'm out there in time um, for freshman year, mainly scout team. But sure. it was still trying to do both was very hard. And then um, kind of see my plan was sophomore year, just kind of see what where I wanted to go. And by that time, I started some games, a couple games as a freshman in football and just kind of saw a path of a lot of playing time there. And and the basketball, I did start one game, but um, didn't see too much playing time after that start, um, just because the team was was loaded. I think we went to the UMAC championship and was part of an awesome team. And one through 10 really were just really good. Like C.D. Douglas was a freshman, Tyler Uckelberg, freshman, oh, yeah. they were getting minutes. And R.J. Dean, Joe Roggenbuck, um, just list goes on and on. It was really good and fun to be a part of, too.
3: Yeah. So along with with sports, were there other activities you were involved with uh, on campus while you were here?
2: Yeah. So both those sports, like you said, and then I was part of SAC, which was really fun. Um, And you really do have a voice in that even look now of what they're kind of doing for athletics and uh, the fuel station. They can go grab a banana, apple, granola bar. That's awesome. Or anything like that. And then. um, Played the drums here for a little bit. I was part of a class, and I played a little
3: more. Look at this guy. Uh, Who knew?
2: Yeah, so I w- I played since fifth grade in high school and really enjoyed it, so it was fun to... There was a percussion professor here, too, that kind of taught me, and it was really fun doing that. And then I was in sign language class, and there was a sign language club. We'd meet before class every day and, and go over stuff. So
3: Now, if that doesn't encapsulate the uh, UMM experience... A Liberal, Liberal arts degree, boy. Yeah. Now, if we can jump back <laughs> to football, though, for just a minute... My big question, I guess, is what's the deal with the O.C.? Why didn't he get you uh, more oh God. touches? That's, uh, every week, I'm
2: always open. I think Jamar <laughs> Chase just came out and said that the other day. I'm, I'm always open. Yep. But then you watch the film and you're
3: actually not open. But <laughs> Well, and and for those that may not understand why I asked that question, of course, Matt, Mr. Matt Johnson here uh, was Taylor's offensive coordinator at that time. So that's the only reason I asked that question. Yeah. What in the O.C.
1: gets the ball more? Correct. We had the Taylor ratio, though. Seventy five percent of the
3: touches had to go to him. And then we could spread the other twenty five uh, around others. So yeah. it worked out. That's great. I love it. Yeah. So um, and then what 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 would you say looking back is your favorite memory of being a student athlete specifically here? Favorite memory
2: for sure is my junior year of football. We went six and four, and we lost about three games by one score. Where mm-hmm. maybe we were up or late or had a chance to tie it late. So it was just a really fun season. That the seniors above me, there was like twenty-two of them, and there's was a really group. And then Mitch Fisher and I were juniors, kind of blended in with them. Very nice. Um, so I say beating Scholaska at home. I think I don't know what the winning record against us. They had a bunch of wins in a row against us, mm-hmm. and we. Uh, we beat them at home, and I think it was maybe under the lights, and uh, it was a fun game and a and a fun night, and I'll always remember that. But otherwise, just the, the random nights when sitting at Cal Peter Meyer's house, one of my best friends, Dylan Erickson, Chandler Erickson, and just hanging out. Yeah, I, we're either playing Madden or COD or listening to music. Or that's that's the college experience that I really enjoyed. Uh, COD, by the way, is Call of Duty, as I'm
1: well, sure. Oh, thank you. you. Do. I, yeah, yeah, so I correct. appreciate that.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it's the lingo. Yeah. Who, who knew? Yeah. Not me. Not me. And what was your major? Uh, financial management. Yep. Okay. I really like numbers. So it was, and it was what, what was your plan at that time? You know, Were you going to be a, a financial guy? Or no, he was going to be an assistant basketball coach. Yeah, I, coach? I, you well, know, that sh- was the plan.
2: Yeah. So I I just really liked math in high school and, and in college. I really enjoyed it. Like numbers, crunching numbers. And and even with basketball now, I'm always watch, looking at synergy, seeing what our points per possession are, sure. or true shooting percentage, or just all that, or defensive stats. So yeah. Um, just financial management, and I'm like, I, I'll get me a job somewhere, right? That's kind of my plan as a 18-year-old when making a decision. And then I um, ended up getting into uh, Border States Electric, and there's a headquarters in Fargo, and I was doing accounting there for for two years after I graduated. Which um, I definitely love my job way more now. Like I wake up excited to go to work, and I wouldn't say like I was sad to go to work. I enjoyed it, like had a good routine of listening to four different podcasts. And I was in charge of like a South Carolina branch. There's like four stores down there and kind of did all their credit card stuff. And I enjoyed it. It was a little bit annoying listening to them talk about their Clemson football all the time. But it was in that. Uh,
1: okay. so you're doing that for two years, as you said, and Mm -hmm. and using what I mean, you financial management, you're using Mm -hmm. a degree you went to school for. And all of a sudden, this opportunity rises back here. I mean, at home, but back in Morris. Uh, what was what was that process like for you in terms of of leaving that opportunity, using that degree to then come back and get into something that obviously you're very
2: passionate about? Yeah, so it was kind of perfect timing in a way. Um, my wife was up in Fargo doing a PT school for Jamestown. Um, <laughs> interesting, but uh, it just worked out where we were kind of getting to that next cycle. Like we're probably going to leave Fargo here soon, and I knew Jalen Voss, the former assistant coach, pretty well, and you just kind mm-hmm. of said, "Hey, I'm." Said he's leaving which was a big loss for a men's league team but uh other than <laughs> the that the things that actually matter <laughs> yeah that actually matter. He, he's pretty good and Noonball. he was a big loss but uh and then i always had a great relationship with paul i played from the one year and had a good mutual respect for each other and then i do a lot of uh au for the area so he'd reach out a bunch during the year and just say hey what guys should i maybe have on my radar and stuff like that so i'd help him with some recruiting and talk basketball once in a while so he just randomly gave me a call and I'm just figured it was another one of those And he's like hey we might have an opening here and um wonder if you'd be interested so I talked to my wife and like yeah let's let's give it a try but the tricky part of my first year it was COVID year so it was a pretty interesting mm. uh first year interesting
3: yeah uh, yeah um yeah and I guess I've never thought of that from a coaching perspective if that's when you broke in that's very unique. You know, I think of the freshmen that came in at that time and what a different experience it was for them, but it's no different for a new coach coming in, um, that you didn't have a chance to experience what we typically get to experience. And, and, uh, so how has it been since then? Okay. So that was your, your kind of, um, you know, coming in party there was, was COVID. How has it been since that time for you? What have you enjoyed most about what you do?
2: Yeah. So it was interesting because I started coaching with high school for Hancock for four years and had a lot of success there. And Coach Beadle gave me a lot of free run to hear scouting report, run the offense, stuff like that, and learned a ton from him. He's a good players coach. And then uh, doing AAU the last eight years of my life kind of like set me up for this coaching job. And it's been a blast. The first year I did not, I was more of a yes man. Whatever Coach Grove said, I would say yes, and that's not a good assistant because you got to bring your own ideas and, and challenge his ideas a little bit and then collectively come with the best decision and, and go from there together. But um year two I got more comfortable and just voicing my opinion and when I did say hey let's run this or we need to switch this um you hope it's right and I think it was right enough where now we have a great relationship if I say something he's 80% maybe gonna go with it and it's still his decision and that's the biggest thing as assistant I learned it's like whatever he decides you have to be all in for like you can Mm -hmm. if you're not all in the players will notice and you you just have to be 100% step in step together so um this last year we i thought we really gelled good as coaches together and it was really fun Uh, our guys were prepared out there we had good good scouts good scouting reports um we had guys buy into being on the scout team which was kind of new for coach grove i kind of mentioned do that we had about seven guys that they bought into that role and got us got us prepared so it was fun
3: well i think that's something too is is roles are so important and i think athletes I think too many times athletes go through a season without knowing what their role truly is and that is on one hundred percent on the coaches it's it's poor communication it's it's not um, it's not defining things well enough and I think when, when the coaches do a good job of defining roles, whatever role that might be, now it's up to them, are they going to accept that or not? But I think it's up to us that we define specific roles for them and give them an opportunity to buy in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we do a good job of that, yeah, things are going to go much more smoothly uh, from a team perspective, as you just mentioned. Coming into the season, would they have said, yeah, I'll volunteer to be on the scout team? Absolutely no. not. There's mm-hmm. no way. But as they get into it and they say, this is the way that I can help this team, yes, I am 100% in by doing this because this is my role right now and this is how I can help the team. I think that's awesome.
1: Yep, and having the ability, and I I know you guys do, and and most of the the programs do, with those players to sit there and say, hey, this is your role right now. You don't have to love it, but you have Mm -hmm. to embrace it because that's where you're going to best help us. But those are constantly being, you know, explored and analyzed and seeing that perhaps your role changes as the year goes on, you know, but by being part of a team, and that's what I love about the basketball, I'm going to bring this up into the recruiting piece of it soon here um, to, to have, you only got five on the court and mm-hmm. maybe you're playing nine, maybe, you know what I mean? It's not like, as you reference, it's not 40 dudes rolling out on the football field. You know, more than half the team sees action every single week. You might go through a weekend in hoops where you only play eight, nine guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and same thing on the women's side, respectively. So
2: having those other students understand what their part of the team still is, is so huge. Yeah. And an example of, you're not stuck in that role for the whole year. Like if you start, like Thomas Tiernan, Morse kid, local here. He was on scout team or kind of second team for us. And he was just crushing our starters on defense. Like he was unscreenable, which is a huge asset when the defense we play is we kind of play a drop coverage with our bigs and he's unscreenable and he knocks down any open shot. And it's like, he was on the scout team to start and playoff game against Bethany. He's logging 13 minutes as a role player, which is just big. So you work hard in that role. You can always go
1: up. Yep. So before we, we move into something that is pretty special to, you know, coach and I, which is (laughs) stumping you. Um, Talk to me about the recruiting piece of, of what college athletics is. And we've had every coach in here, and we've kind of asked them, hey, what's your recruiting philosophy? From a recruiting assistant standpoint, which you have, you referenced your extreme background in AAU basketball with the Wildcats. How have you um, – how that relationship help you with our the Cougar basketball recruiting? Because your roster numbers are always – I mean, you're – you. what do you have right now, 24-ish? 20, 22. 20? So 22 gentlemen on the team, what does that look like in terms of, of balancing being an AAU coach and, and heavily
2: involved with that program and then also collegiately? Yeah. So it's really fun to, to kind of coach that level too, taking the guys a bunch around this area. I mean, we had guys from Perm down to McCray, um, for example, as our, our uh, kids, but it's just super fun to get to know them and then help them with their college decisions as well. Like, obviously I'm recruiting them too, but it's like, wherever you go, it's, I'm going to support you like we got a kid at concordia st paul who were, we're playing or concordia moorhead who we're playing first game we've been texting back and forth like hey good luck but not really stuff like that and <laughs> kid at northwestern this year bemidji state southwest state uh list goes on and on so it's really fun and then we have kids that i've coached to and ian fay uh tyson miscatis uh thomas Tiernan, and Jarrett johnson and just list goes on and on so just getting to know that the area talent is big and it's it's fun to work with them and then go see them succeed as well and then for the recruiting thing too, I'm like I'm at a tournament almost every other weekend, and then just the teams I play or between games, I'm watching games and like, oh that kid would fit Morse or that kid would be good, and then get his digits or his numbers from the coach and just kind of develop that relationship and talk to him in the summer. And um, we're at a unique place this year. Where we're probably not going to recruit. Um, like in the past, we usually set, maybe you recruit 24 guys and you get maybe 20% and that's just what it is. You get told mm-hmm. no more than oh yeah. yes. And that was a hard thing for me to, to swallow the first couple of years. Like you develop this whole relationship with someone for five months and then they just say, hey, I'm going somewhere else. They're like, oh. That, that kind of stinks, but...
3: It does. It still stinks, but <laughs> yeah. yes, at least you kind of understand but the process. But that's where, as,
2: as you said earlier, I don't, five pods
1: ago where you're like, ah, you got to tell them, well, if that's the best decision for you, completely support it. And again, you're thinking in the back of your mind, what a horrible decision. <laughs> exactly. That's
2: right. So it, recruiting's fun, and, and the group we have like all meshed together. So it's just making sure they, f- they fit us and... They, they know what Morse is, like you don't want them to show up and be like, oh, th- this is Morse, Minnesota. Yeah, um, we are what we are. We have good yeah. stuff to offer. There's some negatives as well, but you you just come clean to them right for. Here's the positives. Here's a little bit of negatives. And you we think you'd fit in great here. So
3: it's fun. Yeah. Now, Matt alluded to this, I guess I did, too, at the beginning of the pod. But um, you are an experienced podcaster, by the way. And and it was we should probably show you. it's the middle of the summer. I don't remember. It's sometime in July. Uh, and I think KP put both of us on the text. We were part of it. And I get a text from from Kyle Petermeyer, which doesn't happen all that much. Shout out KP. Hope you're doing great, buddy. Um, only when he needs something, well, yeah, <laughs> of course. But he texts the two of us. He says, "What's it going to take to get get Tay on the on the pod?" Right. And shortly after that, I get the same type of of text from my nephew Noah. And so I'm like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. So I just heard the same thing from KP, and then of course I get a picture from Noah with the two of them sitting there having supper oh. together, or lunch or whatever, <laughs> and uh, and 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 talking about getting Taylor on the pod. So yeah, the, the crescendo just got too loud for us mm-hmm. to. Uh, <laughs> I've to received like a any... hundred of those texts. You got two. <laughs> uh, I've got a hundred. Uh, to deny any longer. So no, it, it's great to have you on. But speaking of that, you were part of a podcast with with peter meyer yep and dylan erickson i believe and and tell us a little bit about that experience
2: yeah so the reason we got the name it was try again podcast If you want to go listen it, it's not good like we were in <laughs> we were in college and they maybe were a year out of college um it's called try again because we recorded a whole first episode and we didn't hit record uh so that's why I'm like well we got to try again <laughs> oh, so it's like 45 uh, minutes went by and we got nothing but uh we just we love talking minnesota sports and Someone was at our table one time and we were like going like 20 minutes of like just hot takes like Minnesota sports. Like, yeah, you guys should have a podcast. Like I'd listen I'm like, OK, so we gave it a try and it was really fun. But then just as we um, turned adults, I guess it was just hard to grow up, time. grow up. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. that's the word probably. Well,
3: see, if you just don't, if you, if you refuse to grow up like the two of us, you, <laughs> yeah, then you just get to keep doing time. this yeah. now. And, and what's what's great? Yes, the, the talking Minnesota sports and that is great. Mm-hmm. And when we talk Cougar athletics, it's great. But what I love about that, because I I did actually go back and listen to one this week, and Jalen Boss was on there and all that. But I just love the the different little things that that we do. Like uh, Dylan would give his farm report, right? Yes, yes. And it's just something that's two minutes of of. I mean, it's just funny, right? It's just something that's added to it that uh, that is comical, and and that's kind of the enjoyment I get out of it. Yes, I could sit around and listen to you guys talk Vikings and mm-hmm. and upcoming Timberwolves and Gopher games and all this stuff, but. Uh, when Dylan gives that farm report, ugh, I'm tuned in. That would've been <laughs> turn off radio right there for me, man. I would have I would have tuned out
1: for two minutes during <laughs> Dill's deal. Uh, uh, and I don't actually need to hear the what the Try Again podcast because I live with Cooper. Oh, so that's true. Um, There you go. He is like a walking podcast. And, and shout out to CJ Sports. Oh, CJ Sports. Yeah, absolutely. You want to <laughs> get his takes of, <laughs> of sixth 7th uh, grader now, excuse me, <laughs> CJ Sports available on all your uh, podcast distribution areas. Oh, that's right. But the name piece is awesome. I had no clue where that came from. Try again. Didn't either. Yeah, got to try again. Yep. Whereas good. we had a whole episode dedicated to that. And I think we came out in a good spot with who we are, what we are, but. Now, as I'm thinking back to emails we received, remember, oh, Mr. Beasley lit us up with, uh, we should be two kooks and you. He even wrote, Ooh. yep. That's and, right. Yes. So if you're listening, I, I hear you, Mr. Beasley, but That's this great. is into the
3: den, man. Into the den. Uh, last thing before we get into some fun, um, Tay is is recently a, a new dad, you, know, you and your wife, um, new baby Tenley. and And in my opinion, I think dad is the greatest title that you will ever own. I certainly feel that way. And uh, what's it like being a new dad? It's it's incredible. You you never know
2: what to expect going into obviously your first kid, and just amazing. You get home from work, you have a good or bad day, and you just see her, and it's everything's out the window. It's like all right, let's let's hang out, let's let's play, and all that fun stuff. So uh, it's enjoyable for sure, and I'm looking forward to during the basketball season too having that because I would uh, during basketball games say we lose or win, I'd. Go home and watch the game four times over. <clears throat> go to yeah. bed at three in the morning. My wife wakes up, like, what are you doing? Go to bed and I'm watching the game for the third time. Like, oh, why didn't I recommend <laughs> that player? Why didn't we <laughs> switch defense? Yeah. So i hopefully this year I'm excited to go home to her and my wife, obviously, Tiana, and leave work at work a little yeah. more and just kind of scoop her up and yeah. just kind of forget about that. So I'm excited about that for sure.
3: Yeah, kids have a, a great way of keeping things in perspective, I think, for all of us, because like you said, they don't know what your day was like. No, you, you walk in the door, you're your dad. And, and that's just uh, just the greatest, greatest feeling in the world. So, um, yeah, welcome to the club. And, and I'm sure do you have a diaper count. Anything oh like yeah that?
2: for sure yeah, yeah that's yeah. it's up there and i'm in charge <laughs> of uh dishes as well for baby dishes which is a ton there you go so it's fun every night
3: well tenley uh is of course leading my recruiting class of of 20 41. 41 maybe Oof, wow that's a long time from now. Matt's like, uh, I'm not going to make you stick around that long. Yeah, well, <laughs> I will, but I will
1: just reference it didn't work out well with Emma Bowman and you signed her. Oh my gosh, that's true. There. I did.
3: Yeah, talk Bumbled. about Concordia. <laughs> fumble bag. Thanks
1: uh, and for hey, the bringing beauty is uh, when Tenley still goes down to bed, you can still watch that game film. Three, four times, and then you just I become uh, Mr. Grove and I. So I know I kudos.
3: Will. Yeah. So um, before we get into our game, I do want to do three things with uh, Taylor Holloman, Okay, and and this is something I do occasionally with guests that are on. I don't think I've done it yet this year, but um, this is kind of fun. So um, three things. I'll ask you and and ask you for your opinion on three things. Give me three football stadiums, either college or NFL, that you'd love to see a game in.
2: Okay. So. Arrowhead was on the list, and I went there a couple of years ago. That was that was nice. a blast. Um, so I you like, still need three more fields. Yes, yes. Uh, Jerry World in Dallas, just mm. have to see it. I feel like the the SoFi Stadium in L.A., just with everything going on there. And Incredible. then um, I've I've toured Lambeau, but I want it. I want to see a Vikings win in Lambeau. Wow. So it might take a while to get that win there. But
3: so three NFL stadiums. Yes sec we don't need you we're going uh, straight to nfl i like college football but i'm a i'm an nfl guy okay very good um how about basketball arenas three basketball arenas that you want to see a game in? Ooh, good question for sure i mean do
2: uh, you have to go on see just the fact Cameron that, indoor yes i couldn't think of it so i was just going to skip that part but the fact that they have like the basketball hoops that that come from the ceiling do they still yeah. have those i'm pretty sure they do i don't know but it's like i love that and it just looks like bleachers and stuff like that um So that's for sure one. Um, Not official. I want to go to a Final Four, so that's tough is Arena because that's just a football stadium, I believe. So we'll put that as two. Okay. And then three that I haven't been. Or
3: if if you've been to one that you really liked, what was that? Okay,
2: Williams Arena for sure. When they're rolling, like a top 25 team, that place
3: gets loud. Williams is great. And I've seen that maybe once in my lifetime. Williams is great. Last one for you here um, is you're a golfer. So, complete your four your foursome with three other college basketball coaches. Any level, you can go the big time. Who would be your other three if you could have a dream foursome of three big time college basketball coaches and you? What a question! So look at the wheel a, spinning right there. This would have been
2: a good one to like let me know so I could prepare this question, <laughs> but just put me on the spot. Um, I'll go. Kind of our coworker, Ben Johnson, number one, just to pick his brain and kind of see what the program is going there. I have no idea if he's good at golf. Um, So I'll be two. Number three, does Coach K count? Absolutely. We probably won't use his swings at all, but just kind of picking his uh, (laughs) brain as well. And then four, we got to get some sort of guy that can actually swing here. Um,
3: oh, because he's trying
2: to win at golf, man. I, I guess so. And
3: I was I was taking this completely the other way. He's thinking golf here. Yeah. Uh, Tim Grove. How about that? Well, yeah. best of both worlds, apparently. <laughs>
2: exactly. There we go. <laughs> oh,
3: my goodness. So three things with Taylor Holloman. That uh, was great. And now we are going to get into... Uh, we typically play little-known facts with coaches that come on, um, but we'll save that for, for Paul when we do uh, more of a men's basketball thing. So instead of doing little-known facts... You pride yourself, Taylor, and I know this, you pride yourself on knowing where NBA players went to college. Oh, boy. And so we're gonna play a little game called, Where'd He Go? Where? Where'd He Go? So I'll give you the NBA player, and you tell us where he went to college. On the spot. That's right. Some of these are lobs, some of these are not. Close my eyes We'll see how it goes, but they're all These aren't reaches, right? These are all top 50. And they're like new age players too. Yes, exactly. Right down your wheelhouse. I would have gone way more challenging, like the 90s cats. He would have. I would have struggled at that. Yeah. Trying to help you succeed here. Number one, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler went to Marquette. Okay. He sure did. Now, do you have an idea where he went to junior college?
2: No, but I know he's from Town Ball, Texas.
3: Okay. He did go to Tyler Junior College okay Uh, so very well done there but yes marquette number two i've got a dozen of these okay donovan mitchell uh louisville stud yeah lobs lobs okay paul george paul
2: george is a tough one because he's not from a, a big name college but i believe it's fresno state
3: okay apparently that was a lob too uh this one might be a lob jaron jackson jr michigan state spartan Okay, he's four for four. CJ McCollum. Ooh, another tough one. I believe he beat Duke in the tournament. A little Lehigh. <laughs> Lehigh. <laughs> wow. Okay, so far you're five for five. Another top 50 NBA player, Chris Middleton. Ooh.
2: You might have got me.
0: Yes. Yep. I and just, I wouldn't have got Chris Middleton. He either. just,
3: he's
2: a goofy, goofy dude. Um,. SEC Is that kind of trying to read your eyes a little bit? Can you give me a conference or no?
3: Is that illegal? Well, current conference. This is this is one of the the teams that uh, they're SEC. They are now. Yes, correct. Yep, they're SEC now. I don't know if they were when he played there, but they're SEC now. So you can't maybe gave it away. Is it Texas A&M? And I think they were SEC at that point in time. But they probably were.
2: I was going to guess Texas.
3: Well, that wasn't as much fun as I hoped it would be. But okay. Chris Middleton, Texas A&M. Jalen Brown. Uh, Cal Okay Bam Adebayo USC
2: <laughs> No, no, no Kentucky, Kentucky <laughs> Oh no. Okay,
3: he threw in a Kentucky Which I can Dang it Give that no, to that's a wrong Okay So Bam Adebayo We got him half wrong uh, Four left Damar DeRozan That's USC He is kind of living up to the expert status here Of knowing where guys went to college <sighs> It's annoying. Okay.
2: Tyrese Halliburton. Iowa State. I wanted us to draft him.
3: Okay. I'm almost done with this. This isn't nearly as much fun as I thought it might be. (laughs) Jarrett Allen. Jarrett Allen. Big Afro, Texas.
2: (laughs) Those are both true. Yes.
3: (laughs) They are both true. (laughs) Okay. Last one. Pascal Siakam.
2: Ooh, I always get these two mixed up between like San Diego State and UNLV or Spicy P, Pascal Siakam.
3: Spicy P? I well, didn't that's what friends call it. Yes, that's <laughs> what they friends that, that, That's how he has them in his, in his phone. Gosh, I, I know
2: I'm going to go the wrong. We'll just go UNLV
3: thank goodness we yes. actually stumped him what on an one. idiot it san team state it no. was not san new mexico diego state. state new mexico state Gosh. san diego sport that's those your boy kawaii look at this yeah, guy
2: those just get me mixed up all those i'm really good at like role players and where they because reason i got good at this we played 2k on the on the sticks as the kids call them and we'd that's be drafting. video games yeah oh, thank you thank you and i like drafting people and i just go look click their back of their like Baseball card in a way and see where they went to college. Like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. So that's just kind of how I got good at that.
3: Look at that. Well, you did very, very yeah. well in that. So uh congrats on that. Thank you for joining us for the Alumni Spotlight. We're gonna invite you to just stick around for the rest of the yeah, pod if you sure. would. And thanks for the invite And uh yeah, absolutely. Um, um share your knowledge when uh when you've got something to say, we'd love to hear it and and we'll move on. How was that for you? Was that uh boring? Yes. He's supposed to get him wrong, and I knew that he wouldn't.
1: <laughs> um, but the whole numbers piece of this, and this is just a little snapshot into, you know, my and, and Coach Holloman's relationship here, is I got him addicted in playing fantasy baseball. And yes, I know that's not in the T-Grove wheelhouse right now, but it's like fantasy football on steroids. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all kinds of transactions and obviously multiples, uh, you know, more players and things like that. So I throw Taya Bone and all of a sudden now he's neck deep in it man and that's nothing but you know looking
2: at starts and numbers and, and projections and Tim, year one i didn't know half my roster like what their names were like yeah. the league is like 14 or 12 people and you yeah. start a bunch of people and it's like i'm starting scott tot from the phillies i'm like who is this guy <laughs> and then he'll be like oh he's triple a good player like top 10 prospect and then matt will just go on and on yep. so it's been fun uh been fun league and instead you're worried about where Tyrese Halliburton went to college because yeah. that
3: sounds cool. <laughs> I, I, Iowa State, and apparently, yeah. he well, You tell you, wanted us to draft him. Yeah, he wanted the T Wolves to draft. T Wolves, yeah. yes, I guess. Wow, well, yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, very well done. We will move on to uh, Cougar Athletics, and we'll first talk Boom. about Cougar football. Um, a big 45 0 win over Westminster on Saturday, just total domination in yards. Uh, Cougs totaled 428 yards to just 91 for Westie. Six touchdowns on the day for the Cougs. Marcus Reeb, two passing touchdowns uh, to Ethan Tang and Jacob Miranda. One rushing touchdown for Reeb. Um, other rushing touchdowns, Blake Johnson, Isaiah Boss, Ethan Klimek, uh, And again, uh, with the one from Reeb. And then Alex Happ, he goes six for six on extra points. Also kicked a 33-yard field goal to earn him his second UMAC Special Teams Player of the Week award. So congratulations to alex on that um some other offensive stats for us reeb 12 for 18 for 169 yards and of course those three total tds boss had 10 carries for 78 yards johnson 13 carries for 54 yards and tang had the three receptions for 35 yards and each of those guys uh had a touchdown as we mentioned cougars with 235 rushing yards uh on saturday along with 193 through the air so again, offensively, just a total domination, both in the stat sheet and on the scoreboard. Uh, defensively, only gave up five Westminster first downs, which is absolutely incredible. Alex Emmerich led the way with nine tackles. Uh, Taven Penninger added seven tackles and two pass breakups. And again, just a, a, a domination really in every way. And I know, Matt, you and Taylor were both there. Um, what it look like from your perspective?
1: Uh, just how you described it, just an utter beatdown um and and one that the the a couple fold the the football team just came out and fired on on all cylinders right away which you could tell they were just clicking early uh and then as the game progressed it got to a point where we ended up playing a lot of guys you know and i know tay said 40 i bet we played 65 guys on saturday i mean almost everybody on the roster who was healthy and and perhaps everybody got a chance to go in um and it was from kickoff, you know, we we got the ball, I believe, either way, either they got it right away or we did, and it was three and out both ways, but then once the ball got on their half of the field, we just kept it there, um, pinned deep, they punted it back to us, we got a score eventually, um, but it was one of those ones where you could just tell that they weren't going to move the ball on us. Uh, they had almost no passing game whatsoever, and then they were doing a bunch of things on offense, you know, trying to go unbalanced and trying to, you know, gimmicky things, if you want to say that, trying to get some semblance of offense going, but... Um, it was just great to see. It was it was uh, a well-rounded effort, and then defensively, you could just we flew all of the ball, you know. And I know um, uh, Penninger ended up with the seven tackles. He mm-hmm. I, I, five of them were in the first two series. Like, and I'm calling stats for Alex Cayo because again, yeah. students yeah. weren't around, and it was just amazing. Oh, there's seven on the tackle. There's seven on the tackle. You know things that it, it just made it fun, man. It was a great Saturday, uh, given the fact that it was fall break too. I was really happy mm-hmm. with the atmosphere of the crowd, Tim. That was really good.
2: Yeah. And like you're saying, defense set the tone from the start, like 91 yards in an entire game is insane. And the offense, I think it was seven zero for a while. And they had a couple of drives stall out. But defense, three plays out, get the ball back at like the 50 yard line. Let's go again. And that's huge. To the offense no, know, oh, we just went three and out. We're going to get the ball back because our defense is dang good.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was 7 nothing after one. And, and, again, you're just talking shop up in the press box. Mm-hmm. And that's where I, I love being up there. But we kept saying, gosh, this is the type of team that if you let them hang around, who knows what happens because, yes, we, we had the ball. On, in in the positive and the plus forty over and over and over and we just weren't able to tick over and I'm thinking okay if this thing stays at seven or even a two score game and we go into half it's totally different and instead as we got late in the second quarter all of a sudden we got a score and a stop and a score and a stop and a score and all of a sudden before I knew it it was thirty <laughs> yeah. it was yeah. just that that the the change in the last six seven minutes of the first half was crazy
3: yeah and and I'm not able to, and we haven't talked about this much on the pod I don't think but I'm not able to see a lot of cougar games because I officiate. Most Saturdays, myself, I'm out working junior college games in here in Minnesota, and and uh, so I don't have the opportunity to to watch as much Cougar football as I would like to. Um, but being that it was a noon start this weekend, and we didn't have a uh, uh, kickoff until one thirty um, up in Wapaton on on Saturday, so on the way up there, I'm able to to watch basically the first half. And we had that uh, that throwback to it was a Diedrich, yes unbelievable i mean just great stuff i mean just a, a coach burke back of the napkin uh, yep. let's let's write this thing up and go i'm watching that and and what's great about csn is you've got that that feature that you can go back and so i'm watching this with with you know vehicle full of guys heading to uh to wahpeton north dakota and and this thing happens, and I go nuts, and I'm like, you guys got to see this. I'm going back, back, and it was, it, was a, it was just kind of a neat thing that we could all experience there watching the Cougs with that big play.
1: Yeah, and a throwback to uh, the left tackle. Correct. Which that's the whole thing. It's a, it was a just an awesome design play, and that's something I'll give the offense and Coach Burke credit for. Every single week, they come in with at least one or two of those type plays, you know, it's it's a flea flicker, it's a double pass, it's a it's a screen to your starting tackle. It's these things that keep defenses on their toes. And and honestly, I got to imagine from a player perspective, they love going into it knowing. I mean, think of how big Christian's eyes must have been on that oh, thing, man. and then <laughs> he just absolutely delivered the boom he, on their defensive back.
3: Yes, he did. He
1: could have maybe went around that guy, but he went right. Through no, him. he was going <laughs> to drop that cat. So, um, yeah, again, from a from a game a holistic game perspective it was just uh, number one a shutout is amazing in yeah. college football but just to, to physically dominate a game like you like they did there is is pretty special for the Cougs and building into this weekend in conference play
3: right and and what's unique now about this is we come off that game that home conference game against Westy we go right back on the road now down to their place now from from a football coaching perspective what do you do now this weekend? Do you do you change things up? Do you keep things the same because you just beat a team 45 to nothing? Do you rest guys? How do you how are yeah. you looking at this from a coaching perspective, knowing it is a it is a conference opponent, but in a non-conference game? It's a non-counter. From a coaching perspective, what are you doing this yep.
1: week? My guess is that the game plan will look eerily similar. I mean, as a as a general rule of thumb, I would have to assume there will be a couple new wrinkles in there, but I don't think they want to show their hand at anything that could could be used then later in the season. Sure. You know, so I mean, it's being conscious of that. Uh, the personnel is not going to change for Westy or for us. So from a man to man perspective, I think we should continue to be able to dominate the ball. But I would I would guess that it's a pretty light week of prep for the Cougs. Uh, and they're going to prepare for some of the stuff that Westy did versus um, them that, that, again, they were already ready for, but saying, okay, they might do this or might go off of it. But my guess is they're going to roll out with the same deck. And if it was me, which it's not, and I have not talked with Coach Hoffman about this, I would be real cautious of what players were out there. I'm not saying you don't start your starters, right? But if you get sure. up to a two-score, three-score game, I would love to see Clement go back in and get some more reps at Q and and, and things of that nature, you know, that, that we try to keep people healthy. Because, you know, this that win and now their their 2-0 conference record has set them up for what is going to be an incredibly important last three games of the year here.
3: Yeah, and any other coaching thoughts from from you in terms of of seeing a team that close to when you just not only played them but beat them handily.
2: Yeah, I think that's the tricky part too is you win 45-0 just to not overlook them. Like they they're still a good team. You just you were better than them last Saturday and um, they beat I think it was Martin Luther, who is 2014, had some good wins yep. lately as well. So it's like they're going to be fired up because you just kind of kicked their butt. Yeah. Now you're coming to our place, which is just down the road, uh, not too far. So you're going to a long bus ride, and you got to be ready to play because they're going
3: to be excited. And as we wrap up the football talk, we can't uh, move on without getting into our new installment of Coach Burke Tweets from Coach Burke, and I quote... Patience can be difficult. We want things now. We need to guard against impatience. Sometimes our impatience sows the seeds of doubt. Stay confident and keep working hard, even when things are taking longer than expected. And that, my friends, was installment six of Coach Burke Tweets. That is good stuff. That, that is, is good. Sowing the seeds of doubt. <laughs> I knew you were going to come back to that. Can't
1: can not not come back to it. You I don't even know what else to say. To
3: yeah, so much fun. We're moving on to Cougar Volleyball. Uh, Cougar Volleyball was off in terms of UMAC play this past weekend, but uh, they did travel to St. Ben's on Saturday to face two really good MIAC teams, uh, Concordia and St. Ben's. First match was a 3 2 win over Concordia. The Cougars trailed actually two sets to one before dominating the final two sets for the 3 2 win. Lydia Nash led the way uh, against Concordia with 13 kills. Laura Welbrock and Tori Shaler with 11 kills each. Anna Molstead had 8 kills on an incredible 6-15 hitting percentage. Uh, for those that may not know volleyball, that is, uh, as I said, incredible. Um, Kenzie Newton, 37 assists and 18 digs in that match. And Ava Brunn led the way defensively with 37 digs. Incredible game. Um, and then Welbrock with 13 and Sidney Eckhoff with 12. So that was Concordia. Then they faced uh, host St. Ben's, who, by the way, is undefeated in Mayak play yep. uh, at 6-0. Really, really good team there. Suffered a 3-0 sweep uh, and lost there. Welbrock, seven kills. Molstead with five. Uh, Newton with 10 assists in the match. Brunn, again, led defensively with 20 digs. And Eckhoff and MC Zembeck with 11 each there. Um, and Kenzie Newton, for her performance, was uh, awarded the UMAC Setter of the week. So any thoughts on Cougar volleyball from this past weekend?
1: Yeah, it was uh, what was scheduled as a bye week in terms of conference play, but it wasn't a bye on the Cougar schedule. You know, they went and played some real competition. I was able to watch uh, the vast majority of the Concordia match. I missed the first set, um, but then I ended up seeing, you know, down the stretch there, and it was it was great. Again, a great team effort. They came back, and to be down 2-1 versus a Mayak opponent, but not to fold up shop and to come back and, and tee those last couple sets, were, were the volleyball equivalent of blowouts yeah. you know what i mean they, yeah. we got out and took care of business and and a huge win and you use a lot of energy and, and a lot of emotion in that match and then you got to come back and play one of the top teams in the country i mean they're undefeated in my act play i mean st ben's is the real deal and they look the part there too uh again didn't watch every single snap of or every single play of it but um they're good. They're good. But to go one and one on the weekend down at a really tough atmosphere and tournament once again bodes well for setting up for what is tonight and then into the rest of the conference season.
3: Correct. So they are at Crown tonight and, and Crown was our opening conference game here weeks ago and uh, relatively easy night of, mm-hmm. of volleyball for the Cougars and you certainly would expect them to to you know get back on the bus tonight with the... With a victory, uh, and I think we're all looking forward to seeing the Cougars here this weekend. They're back at home this weekend, and and Finally. we haven't we haven't seen yes. much Cougar volleyball. Uh, but I think we're all looking forward to, to watching the Cougs again this weekend.
2: Yeah, it'll be fun. My wife and I try to get to every game we can. We just love how they play, and it, it's really fun. Um, Thirty seven assists and eighteen digs, unbelievable. One match, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, five setter, but yeah, yeah. and and that's, that's
1: how you get to be setter. I was week, you say, know what I mean? Yes. Like those are. Those are PlayStation numbers, yes. you
3: know, which is pretty awesome. And Kenz has been doing that for years. Yeah. I mean, she's just such a solid – and that's not giving her enough credit. She is a really, really good volleyball player and just sets the tone from that that setting – no pun intended mm-hmm. – sets the tone there from from that position and just does such a great job for the Cougs.
1: But that's the thing, once again, is is she locks down her spot. And then on the outside or wherever, respectively, some games you're talking about Shaler. You're certainly talking about Nash. All of a sudden, Wellbrock, you know you, – you, I said this before earlier, and it's not exactly like I'm a savant with volleyball, but I can look at this and I see the balance across the board for these. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden Mary-Kate has a game where she comes up and and, and I just, I, I like the 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 way that the team is constructed. I like how they play. They've got to take care of business in the conference now. And, and yes, you would expect them to beat Crown tonight, but nothing's a given. And then you go into this weekend and all of a sudden MLC comes in. You know, and we'll see what happens there. Generally speaking, they're all right, and then we've got Bethany on Saturday too, and Bethany is better. You know, Coach Susan Mm -hmm. Guth even referenced that. So nothing's going to be taken lightly in conference. But the way that we are playing, and with this group of women, I fully expect us to continue to challenge for a conference championship. I mean, that's the the way that they they held ourselves to that standard, and that's where we're we're heading.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Moving on now to soccer. First, we'll talk men's soccer. Uh, Suffered a four-one loss to Crown. Here last week, Wednesday, Crown scored three times in the first 23 minutes of play and really kind of put the game away at that point. Uh, Will Marsan mustered two shots on goal. Another shot resulted in an own goal for our own score of the day, or our only score of the day, excuse me. Um, Dom Contu-Polster had our other shot on goal there, and Nick Isensee in net with eight saves on the day. Uh, so that was a little recap on Crown. Then over the weekend, we traveled out to uh, Northland, suffered a 5-0 loss to them. um, We played them to a 2-2 tie here in Morris a few weeks ago, so it was disappointing to go out there and not be able to get on the board. Uh, But the Cougs only had one shot on goal in the entire game, and that was from Gavin Tarbox. Uh, Jay Clarkson was in the net for the Cougs and had two saves there. And then just yesterday here on campus, um, Cougs played Martin Luther to a zero zero tie or nil nil, I guess as they say in soccer. Um, we fell victim to the post a couple of times in each in the match there, and and had a goal called back for an offsides penalty. Uh, and you know the Cougs had had more shots on goals than the Knights. We just couldn't find the back of the net and weren't able to get on the board. So um, kind of I don't want to say more of the same, but that's kind of been a, a, a struggle for the KuGs. Is and you kind of jokingly told you know, Coach Turnbull weeks ago is we got to put the ball in the back of the net.
1: Yeah, it, they're just so banged up. Mm-hmm. And I know that's an excuse, and I don't even care, because when Coach Turnbull tells me it, I believe it. Yeah. You know, Scott's in my office yesterday before Martin Luther's match, and I'm asking, hey, what's the philosophy here? What are we trying to do? And I knew it was going to be low-scoring offense because he said they were going to play a really defensive brand of soccer trying to, to keep the other team off the board. But he's like, we've well, got center backs playing mids and I've got strikers playing. Th-. And he's using a bunch of terminology that, frankly, I don't right. even know the positions. Yep. Yep. But I know this, that he's got cats playing out of position out of necessity. You know, he's got like 16 healthy bodies right now. and You know, it's just it's been a struggle and and of a season it's been a struggle and and recently here too but to have them come out and fight and yes it's a tie you know which is what it is but it's better than getting four or five goals hung on you Mm -hmm. so hopefully we can build on it there's only three games left of the season um at this point in time they're they're not in in contention for the conference tournament so let's try to end on a high note here uh and and yesterday was maybe one of those times where yes again a tie is what it is but if you can use that to build into next season is here is is huge you know and 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 that program and all of our program's biggest mission is to go out and recruit student athletes, you know, and that's not to take away from our current athletes on the field, but we're going to build some depth and some competition at some positions and see where we can go on a men's soccer side of it.
2: Yeah. And I, I've gotten to watch soccer a lot more. I got into it after the world cup and got to know the guys on the, on the team this year a little bit. And, uh, I stopped out at practice maybe a week ago or a little less than that. And they're practicing hard and they have some good seniors that are leading the way and, These last three games, I know they'll be. Dude, those guys get after it.
1: I 100% agree. This isn't, we're not losing 4 1 because of lack of effort. Mm -hmm. And that's Mm -hmm. the same thing when we talk on the women's side of it. Those women are playing the game hard. We just have, have fallen a little bit of hard luck, you know. That's the reality with this thing. But I'm excited about the last three, and that starts with Northwestern on Saturday. Right.
3: Uh, speaking of women's soccer, um, similar schedule for them. Last Wednesday, they suffered a 4-0 loss to Crown. Um, Crown got on the board in the second minute of the game. I mean, it just seemed like they yeah. just just kicked it off, and and boom, they had one in the back of the net. Um, Bellatop had three shots on goal for the Cougs, but. Couldn't find, uh, just couldn't find the way it, it, on, on the scoreboard, which was unfortunate there um, last Wednesday. Then on Saturday, they traveled out to Ashland, Wisconsin, um, along with the men, and played Northland to a 2-0 win. Um, and as we've said, it's always nice to, to get on the bus and have that long drive home with the win in your back pocket. But the Cougs dominated the stats in every way. Goals were made by Maddie Schneider and Carolyn O'Donnell. Um, and there's a Northam player that did receive an early red card, which you filled me in mm-hmm. that they, they don't just lose her. I assumed it was kind of like, a uh, you know, a player in basketball getting kicked out or something like that. They lose the spot. Uh, correct. Yeah. If you get a red in soccer, that player is non replaced. And so all of a
1: sudden you're playing with 10 players out there, which happened. And again, talking to coach Kyle after that, before we talked about Martin Luther yesterday, um, just a really physical game and yeah. not, not physical in a positive way, but that red was totally warranted. We watched the game film together. She and I, um, blows to the head to the face you know slide tackles from behind it was it was a win and we got out of there healthy thankfully but n- not a very good caliber a breed of soccer that we saw there and and our women showed some resolve by not actually getting caught up and pushing back and, and doing things like that it was yeah, it was just not a great not a great brand of soccer displayed up there.
3: Yeah, just want to make sure we shout out Chantel Peralta as well. She was in net for the Cougs and earned her first career shutout with three saves on the day there yeah. at Northland. And as you mentioned yesterday, um, Cougs back home again with Martin Luther, lost by a score of 2-0. Uh, Cougs had more overall shots, but the Knights just had more shots on goal, and two of those fell in the back of the net. Danielle Reinhardt had nine saves on the day. Belatoff led the offense with six shots and Kim Peters with four uh, on the women's side, the Cougars now sit at three, six, and two in UMac play with the three matches left. And as you mentioned, Northland or uh Northwestern coming to town here this weekend. Yep.
1: Uh on a tough road to hoe. They're not yeah. they have not been eliminated from playoff contention yet. Um but the loss to Crown and, and ultimately the one to Martin Luther, those are going to be hard to overcome unless we do something pretty special here in the last three. Matches. Right.
3: And, and for those last three, as we mentioned, it's, it's Northwestern coming in this weekend, who is, is, you know, relatively higher like third, I yeah, believe in the yep, standings. Correct. They're not,
1: they're not the top two, but they're.
3: Yep. Yep. Um, and then we go to North central who we absolutely hammered when they were here on our campus. Uh, but then our last one, we have to go to Bethany who is one of those teams that are up at the top along with superior.
1: Yep. And it was, you're looking ahead, which I did last night, you know, Crown, the team that we're chasing in the four hole, has got North Central as well. So not saying they can't, but that's going to be a win. And then they've also got, uh, I don't know, maybe Martin Luther, somebody else that I'm looking at this thing saying, again, anything can happen. And that's what I love about collegiate athletics. But we put ourselves where we're going to need some help from other people. In terms of yesterday's game, it wasn't a poorly played game. I mean, there was the one goal that that snuck in past Danielle. um, And then there was an own goal you know, that accounted for the two. But, yeah, trying to get something going offensively, it was just, we just didn't have an opportunity to find the back of the net, unfortunately.
3: Yeah. Uh, Moving on to cross country, our final uh, competition to cover here on The Den this week. Men's cross country took four runners down to uw Lacrosse Last weekend, there was no team scoring, uh, but Greg Peterson ran a time of 29.06, Grant Strukel, 29.48, and then both Nathan Frank, and you're going to have to help me, Christopher Turback, I'm guessing um is how that last name is pronounced. Sorry, Christopher, I will certainly look that up and do better next time. Uh, but they both set PRs there, and that's a nice way to head into the UMAC championship so they've got their guys running the best times that they can.
1: Well, and that was the thought, and we talked about it last week. You know, crosses and, and track when we get to that season here this winter. It's all about peaking your athletes at the right time, you know? So as they as Coach you know, Hessing has been doing work with those student athletes to say, hey, we want you to be P and two weeks out because mm-hmm. they get a break this week, and then next week they're down in Winthrop, Hosted by Bethany Lutheran. Yeah. Standard. <laughs> That's um, right. But they're down there for the UMAC championships and an opportunity to go out and, and compete, you know, at a conference level. Yeah. So a couple PRs on the board coming out of last weekend. Uh, hopefully the guys are feeling really good about
3: that. Yeah, we'll take that. And then on the women's side, again, just four runners down to lacrosse. So no score, no team scoring there either. Uh, but Ilsa Hoagland paced the Cougs with a time of 26 minutes. Sylvia Pash, whose name we've mentioned time and time again, yep. just behind her with 2604. And then Zoe Hoagland and Abby Hockmeister also uh, ran good times. And, and as we talked about with the guys, they're going to prep themselves uh, for that for that UMAC championship yep. here in a couple weeks.
1: Yep. Same thing. And specifically on the women's side where we've had so much sustained success over the years. We knew coming into this year just from a pure number standpoint on the cross. Yes. It, it was going to be a little bit of yep. a struggle. Um, but they continue to, to pace themselves, you know, with, with the Hoagland sisters. And Sylvia, as you referenced, we've talked about her a ton. And now Abby putting up a good number. Let's see what happens here in two weeks. But the reality is um, they're going to continue to fight. And, and they represent us so well Absolute, on and off the yes, course. That's absolutely. the thing with these, both the men and the women. I mean, our cross programs are super well respected in the area. Mm-hmm. And they should be because of, of what we do, how we do.
3: Yes, absolutely. So looking forward to the upcoming schedules for the week. Again, we mentioned volleyball is at Crown tonight. And then they will be home this weekend, both Friday and Saturday here at the CSC. And those games will be broadcast on Saturday um, against Northwestern and Gordon McIntosh will have the calls on those over CSN. And then again, football plays at Westminster on Saturday in a non-conference game there as we talked about. So as always, special thanks to Mike Seahawk, our engineer and student intern, Jack Gala. Tay, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. It was a blast. I'm so much of a better podcaster just because Tay is here today. Yes, and we will continue to strive for just that. So <laughs> uh, thanks out there, KP. You better be listening this week. He, he says he's a, 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 a loyal listener. Hey, and when we Meyer. say
1: we are all about the people, here you go, prime example. They
3: wanted somebody. We brought it right here. We brought it. So I uh, appreciate you guys out there. Thank you to our listeners, and thank you for joining us inside the den as always. And until next time, go Cougs.
0: You've been listening to Into, Into the, the Den, Den with Matt Johnson and Tim Grove. Let's put a bow on this thing. To get the latest episodes of Into the Den, follow us on Spotify and online at MorrisCougars.com. Until next time, go Cougar.